If you looked at the bulletin, you probably saw the quote there from a famous theologian, Dirty Harry, played by Clint Eastwood, Make My Day. You uh, probably didn't recognize that as coming from Scripture, and it certainly wasn't used like that in that movie. Uh, There's a young man that comes each Sunday morning, and he shakes my hand, and a couple Sundays ago he said, you know, Pastor, every time I see you on Sunday morning when I come, you make me smile. And I said, well, I'm just assuming he was... He wasn't saying because I look funny. I think it was just that maybe uh, he likes to shake my hand. But, and I told him, I said, you know, Jonathan, you have made my day. You have made my day. It can be used in a positive way, and that's the way it is used in Philippians chapter 2. It is used in a positive way. Make my day is what Paul is saying here. Make me smile. And every, we know that everyone makes a smile, some when they come, some when they go, don't they? And so, uh, make my day, either by coming or by leaving, maybe. But the, here is the way the apostle said, make my day. In verse 2 of chapter 2, he said, fulfill ye my joy. Make my day. Make my joy complete. Your copy of the scriptures might say, make my joy complete. Make me smile, Paul is saying. Now, he's writing this to the church at Philippi from prison. He had reason. He, he, needed, he needed some smiles. He needed them to fulfill his joy, to make his day. And the reason he says that is found in verse in chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to just keep working in your hearts. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. He's saying, I'm praying that God might continue to work in you as you become more like Christ every day. I hope we are all becoming more like Christ every day. If we have a Holy Spirit within us, if we have trusted Christ as our Savior, then that should be a goal that we have. Let's pray. Father, as we look at these verses, I'm asking that I be changed, please, and for others to hear the Holy Spirit. In your name I pray, amen. So here he says, I have uh, you in my heart. He says, I I know you. What does this mean? 
He says, I know you. He's just explained a number of things about them. I know you. You're in my heart. You're in my prayers. Uh, you're part of my life. You're part of my thinking. Uh, you, we, we have been connected together through Jesus Christ. And I have you in my heart. What did Paul know about them? Well, he knew that they were having conflict because one is mentioned in chapter 4, uh, the first few verses in chapter 4. There is a conflict between people in the church. He knew that they were all going to need to, uh, to work together to resolve these conflicts in Jesus Christ. What did he know about them? What do pastors know about their, their, their people? You know, for those that aren't regular attenders, uh, you might not know that we have been here for 29 years now. Not, we're just going to be finishing up 29 years. So I know a lot about you. You know everything about me, but I know some things about you. And a lot of people that I knew, knew a lot about, uh, we've already buried here. And I think from our church family, we were, I was talking to someone I, I just the other day. I, I think we're we're between 250 to 300 funerals that we have had here. Don't let that scare you. Uh, it takes time, usually. But uh, what do I know about you? Well, I know one thing, that we are a hospital and a family. And that we gather here so that we might be, we gather here as those that are hurting and those that are helping. And to get people strong enough to go out and be evangelists or share Jesus Christ with others. But while we are here, those that are uh, hurting need people to surround them and help them. And to help them get better, because when they get better, they become the nurses and the doctors to the others. Those the nurses and doctors that are here today might be hurting tomorrow and needing somebody to surround them and encourage them so that they can go out and share Jesus Christ with those outside of these walls. But while you're here, we have hurting and helping people. What do I know about you as a church family? I know there are marriages that are just holding on. And I know there, there are some I do not know about. I know that there are people dealing with childhood traumas from years ago. I know some that are dealing with fetal alcohol syndrome, teen rebellion, addictions, depression, Illnesses of all sort, but a lot with cancer. Hospice care. We've got a number on hospice care right here in our church family. Funeral services, Thursday. Financial cares, hopelessness, hidden pasts, loneliness, suicides. Yes, we've had two here in our church family. Police records, scams. Lies, rejection. Did I miss yours? Probably did, didn't I? But you know what I'm talking about. You are in my heart. I know you struggle because you breathe and you're alive. And as long as you're alive, you're going to be struggling. Although I have been tempted a few times to 
to have your wife reach across and put, their, put her finger up on your throat during the church service just to make sure you're still breathing. Uh, but that happens. As long as you are alive, there will be struggles. And that's what uh, Paul is saying in the verses. Uh, you, God is going to continue to work in you uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. He is not going to give up on his ministry to you. That's why he placed the Holy Spirit within each one of you that have trusted Christ to save you. And so, siblings have tiffs. We're a family. It's going to happen. The kids may disrespect their parents. It's going to happen. We have these things. Paul is writing about some of them in this book. I have you in my heart. God says, I have you in my heart in that while you were yet sinners, I sent Christ to die for you. Because I have you in my heart. Paul says, I have you in my heart. I know you and I still love you. I know you don't always get along. But make my joy complete. Make my day. Make me smile is what he says here. And then Paul goes on in chapter 2 to give us uh, four habits that will make your preacher smile, or for Paul's sake, that would make him smile, that would make his day, make his joy complete. In Philippians 4, the first four verses, that's what he is saying here. Four habits to develop as a family, as a hospital. Here, Philippians 4, verses 1 through 4. If there... Be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit. Did I give you the wrong? Philippians 2. Oh, okay. Philippians chapter 2. If I said something else, you'll still be trying to find that. It's not Philippians 12, because there isn't one. Philippians 2. Ah. Yeah, I have it written down, Philippians 4. Not, okay. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves." Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Four habits to develop in our lives that would help us give Christ a smile. Give your preacher a smile. Make my day. He mentions Yodius and Syntyche, two ladies that struggled in chapter 4. But he knew that there was other conflict in the church. What was Paul trying to tell them? And this is what he is saying. This life is not about you. These four verses. Summarize them all up. If you leave here with uh, one thing to remember, I hope it is. This life is not about me. This life is not about me. Now, I'm, I'm going to have you say that with me. This life is not about me. Let's, let's say it all together. 
This life is not about me. Let's say it again. This life is not about me. Do you believe it? Ah, uh, it won't take very long before you find out, no, this life is about me. Hey, I'm the one here that's being treated unfairly. This life is about me because we, we buy into this. Uh, the media tells us this life is about me. Hey, I deserve a break today. Uh, I deserve it any way I want. All I have to do, I deserve this. I'm not going to be walked on. I don't have to take that. What are you thinking? This life is about me. And we fall into that trap. And if we believe that, then uh, this letter is for us here. He says, uh, my biggest disappointments come when I think this life is about me. Uh, of course, we hear it all the time. I have a right to do whatever I want with my body. Right? I mean, this is my body. And so I can do whatever I want to do with my body. And you have no reason to try to tell me that I shouldn't have an abortion. Because it is my body. This life is not about me. This life is not about you. So Paul says, make my day, make my joy complete. Be like-minded here in verse 2 of chapter 2. Be like-minded. So what are the four habits? The first one, love each other. Verse 2, that ye be like-minded, having the same love. Now this isn't an emotion, this is a decision. You're going to write something down today. Love is not an emotion, it is a decision. The type of love that Paul is talking about is when you decide you're going to love the person that is unlovely. It is easy for me to love those that love me back or say nice things, you know. I say, you know, don't, don't say those things. Oh, please, don't say those things, you know, keep them coming. It's easy to love those kind of people. It isn't so easy to love everybody else. But it's a decision, not an emotion. I decide to love them. Or to do good to them. How do you love them? Do good to them. Uh, love those who despitefully use you. Or do good to those who despitefully use you. As a doormat. You love them. First Timothy, Paul says there in First Timothy 5, Not preferring one another, uh, before, one before another, doing nothing by partiality. You love each other, even those that annoy you. Now, there are those that you will relate better to in this family here. You will relate better to them, maybe because they are family members. The Anderson family is a clan, and so uh, they relate to each other. Uh, what he is saying here is make everyone feel welcomed. Everyone won't want to spend a lot of time with me. You, you won't have a, a lot of similarities, maybe, but I hope that you feel welcomed by me. And if somebody steps in here, they're all by themselves, they come into this auditorium, I pray that you might, uh, uh, whether you have anything in common with them, you will make them feel welcomed. 
And if you see somebody sitting all by themselves, maybe somebody new and they're sitting all by themselves, get your family or you go and sit with them so that they'll not feel like they're in uh, the spotlight. That's not why we gather here. Love each other. And so, uh, how does that work out? He says, love each other. If you don't love each other, then maybe you will need the get-along shirt. Uh, do you have a get-along shirt in your family? I, I hope you do. Uh, so I got a long shirt. This is the get-along shirt. Now, I don't know. I, I think Matt, Matthew, will you come and help me? And I don't know if Logan, would you come and help me? couple of brave boys. Okay, this is a get-along shirt. What this means, let's see, could you stand right? Okay, let's put this shirt on. You get your head through it first, and then let's see. Let's try to find Matt's head in here someplace. Are you in there? Okay. Now can, okay. Now can you get your arm out here? Okay, here, almost. Okay. okay, Matt, can you get your arm? Oh, you got it in there already. Okay. <laughs> this is a get-along shirt. Uh, if that's, these are cousins. These guys are cousins. And so, you know, cousins don't always get along. Uh, but they have to if they're in the get-along shirt. Because uh, if they don't get along, if they're going different directions, they're going to they're gonna struggle. One is going to be pulling the other, and the other is going to be drug. Uh, Paul says, love each other, get along. If not, you're going to be in for the get-along shirt. And maybe that's the case with you. Okay, let's see if we can get you out of here. Can we get you out of here? Let's see. If they, if they went out to uh, play, they'd have struggles. They would have to learn to get along. Okay, thank you guys. Appreciate you. It, it wouldn't be comfortable, but that is what Paul is saying. Love each other. He says, Synthike and Yodius... Get along. It's not going to be easy. You're going to need to do it because you love the person the way Christ loved you. In the, that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. This world, this life is not about you. And it isn't about me. Love each other or else, Paul is saying. The second thing, harmonize with one another. One accord. It says here, being of one accord. Have the same love, being of one accord. You know, on the piano, I, I'm going to, I, I took lessons for two years, and I'm going to show you everything I learned. That's a accord. I, 
I, I, I knew that because I, I had to ask Loretta this morning. Is this a chord? After two years of piano lessons, I didn't know for sure. Uh, what's this? I asked her, what's this? That's discord. And you, you would all love to sing to that, wouldn't you? Rather than that. Paul is saying, being one of chord. If you're not, it's discord. And people around you will be plugging their ears because of the discord that comes. Uh, now, it's not easy. Why isn't it easy? Because we have within us a, an old nature. Although we have a new nature also. But we have an old nature that is continually uh, popping up. It's, it's uh, the state fair whack-a-mole. Have you done that? And every time you whack one, two more pop up, and you're trying to, you just whack, and that's, that's the old man within us. And so he said, be with one accord. It's not going to be easy. Be united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Uh, self, the old man is self-centered. Daily put off the old man. Daily, every morning. And you defeat it, to, you feed it, defeat it today, it's going to show up this afternoon or it's going to show up tomorrow morning and you're going to have to whack it again so that you will be of one accord. Now, unfortunately, rather than to run to God's word when we sense discord, we're almost, Cindy and I don't do scary. Uh, the scariest we do is when Cindy scares me when I come home after church at times. Uh, we do, but we don't do scary. We don't like to watch scary movies. Um, but if, if the music on a program changes to scary music and we know something scary is going to happen, uh, one of us will say, quick, run to the cellar, because that's where they always go, you know? <laughs> uh, quick, run to the cellar. And then the zombie shows up and it just keeps coming back to life. That's the old man, just keeps coming back to life. The zombie is chasing you. Okay, then quick, run behind the chainsaws in the garage or run out into the cemetery. Go hide in the cemetery. Sure, because that's where they all seem to go. But you go to church or get in God's word. Uh, harmonize with one another. And it isn't... Easy, being united in spirit, same soul, harmonize. Now, the average Christian home is I want, discord. And it seems that we warm up with me, 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 it's all about me. And so harmony is tough if it's all about me. And we must, Paul says, listen to each other. You can't harmonize unless you listen to each other. So, feel with each other, Paul says. Cry with each other. Rejoice with each other. And that's what he's saying in chapters 1 and 2. And we're to adopt the same goal, the same purpose, the same focus, Many varied opinions in a family. Many varied opinions in a church family. And the same was true in the church at Philippi. 
He says, be of one accord. Harmonize. Different notes, but harmonize for the same purpose. Seth and Crystal, uh, they're in, in Spain now as missionaries, but when they were down, Seth was finishing up seminary in Minneapolis. They had uh, uh, tickets to the uh, Philharmonic uh, Orchestra, or Minneapolis Orchestra, an orchestra hall down there. And so they invited Cindy and me to come go with them to uh, a time. And, and so we got there early to make sure we got to our seats, and we got there, and we got to listen to them warm up. You know what that sounded like? I was kind of beginning to wonder, do we want to stay for a whole hour of this? You know, just... just it, it was terrible. And thinking, oh man, it's going to be a long night. And then somebody showed up. A guy in, a, in one of those long-tailed tuxes. And he carried a sword and said... If you don't harmonize, I'm going to cut your heads off. Be, and he was warning them the whole time. And they played, and they played beautifully. They harmonized. You know, but before he started, we could hear he was talking to each group. And I knew what he was saying. You're going to get it if you don't do what you're supposed to do. And then he tapped it. Everybody got quiet, and I was praying, help him to listen to that conductor. And he started, and there was beautiful music, because they harmonized. They didn't play the same notes, but they harmonized. They all had different ideas, they all had different instruments, but they were of one mind, one purpose, and they were going to harmonize with one another. And Paul is saying, make my day. Harmonize. Blend together. Love each other. Harmonize with each other. Verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, uh, but lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. What is Paul saying? Abandon your throne. If it's all about you, you're on the throne. Abandon your throne and put your neighbor, or put the one that you're struggling with, on the throne here. Uh, what is our attitude? I'm not taking a back seat to anybody. I don't care what they say. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't care. This is just the way I am. I'm not going to change. This is the way I feel. Don't expect me to be a doormat. I'm not going to be a doormat for anybody. But Paul is saying, hey, wait a minute. That's what I am asking you to do, is to become doormats to each other, because he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was the mind of Christ? He washed the disciples' feet. That was the doormat position. And he says, you're to be doormats. Why are you so upset against being a doormat? Because I shouldn't be treated like that. I'm better than that. I'm bigger than that. Hey, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Christ got down on his knees and washed dirty feet. We run with a, a young, he's a foot doctor, podiatrist, surgeon, really. And uh, he did the surgery on Pastor Wayne. And 
but he runs with us, and we ask him, Colin, why did you go into podiatry? He said, the smell. You love the smell? No! But uh, that's his answer. Why did Jesus become, uh, wash their feet? Because he liked the smell? No! Because he loved their souls. The mind, and he says, I want, and Paul says, I want your minds to be just like the minds of Christ. Um, love one another, harmonize with one another, uh, honor one another. Even you get on the elevator at, in the hospital there, and you push floor six, somebody jumps in right at the uh, end, right as the doors are closing, they jump in, and, uh, and you think, oh, I hope they're going to floor six, because it'll take us a minute longer. If that, and, and No, he says, you ask them, what floor do you want to go to? Two, okay, three. three. Some of you work on floor three, probably. And uh, push floor three. Floor and four. I want to go to four, too. Then I want to go to five, too. Okay, I'll push that. Honor each other. Uh, lowliness of mind. Servant-like. Doormat service. That's what Paul is calling us to do. When we honor one another, we do doormat service. So if they treat you like a doormat, say, thank you, Lord. This is the mind of Christ. Lastly, it's look out for one another. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I've got your back. You've heard that terminology. I'm aware of your concerns. I want what is best for you. Uh, we have a list here at church. Cindy keeps it because we get uh, furniture, return furniture from Big Lots and Costco. And, and so uh, if you have some furniture needs... You let Cindy know, she writes it on the list, and then when we uh, receive those things, we l let you know, hey, you're on the list, here is a box ring and mattress came in, uh, you can come and pick it up here at church, uh, help somebody else. Now, maybe you, you don't need to be on the list, maybe you could become part of the list. Hey, I have an extra dresser, I have an extra uh, bed. Or I have an extra, is there anybody on your list that needs this? It's just rotting in my garage or molding in my garage. Look out for one another, Paul says here. If you're not aware of what's going on, what's going to happen? If you're not watching around you, I pull into Costco over there sometimes in the parking lot. And before I back out, you know, I, I'm to the age where I hate to, well, I can't turn my head all the way to look, look back. So I'm using my mirrors. What happens if I said, I don't, well, I should ask, how old do you have to be before you don't have to look in your rearview mirror? <laughs> Just, I mean, you've seen them. I think I'm probably old enough. Why do I even have to look? I'm not driving a good vehicle anyway, so uh, just put it in reverse, back out, and let them get out of the way. Uh, if they honk, I say, hey, this, this is not about you. <laughs> this is about me. This is me here. Uh, so that's what Paul is saying. Look not every man on his own things, but on the things of others. Hey, look to see how you can help others. Uh, if you don't watch to help others, you're going to be in for some collisions. You're going to back into people. You're going to cause damage. And so concluding, it's not easy to put yourself second, is it? 
We live in a me-first world. It's a daily battle of whack-a-mole. Not easy, but it's possible because Jesus did it. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. It is possible. And if we make, and Paul is saying, if you make my day come true in your life, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, what is he saying here? You will receive encouragement. You will receive comfort. You will receive fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The resources of tenderness and compassion will be yours. Make my day. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that each one here has already placed their faith in you, but if not, might this be the day that they call on the name of the Lord, ask you to forgive them and save them, and they leave here without that burden of sin. Lord, I pray that that might happen. Lord, I also pray that we might learn these habits of being kind to one another, that we might be able to set aside the me-first attitudes that just seem to captivate us all the time. And please, Lord, might we have the mind of Christ, even if it means being a doormat for someone. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.